0: So without further ado, we have our speakers in the house this morning. I know Tracy probably about 15 years, and just to watch to see how the Lord has grown you, Tracy, is just brilliant. You're a blessing, and we're just privileged to have you in the house this morning. Let's give it up for Tracy. Let's stand. Come on. Well, what can I say? I'm absolutely honoured to be in Liberty Church preaching this morning. Uh, as Louise said, we met Louise and Stephen 15 years ago when we just joined St. Mark's Church, where we were. Um, we were only there a couple of weeks and they left. I don't really know if it was something we said. But anyway, that was our, uh, we weren't there very long. And they came to join Noel and Sharon um, in this ministry here in Cork Street. And, you know, Noel and Sharon have been such, and the leadership team here, and this church, honestly, has just been such an inspiration to us um, so for those of you that don't know me, so I'm Tracy, married to Karen from Tallah, we have three kids, our eldest is here today Tara, she's one of the ones who just got our leave and search results, so did well, praise God, but you know we have three kids and uh, we uh, were in St. Mark's, got saved, uh, went into St. Mark's 15 years ago and then two years ago God called us out of there and called us to plant a church in Tally so that's where we are, uh, Restoration Church, we meet in Tallah every Sunday, So, greetings from Tala. Everyone there says hello. And they're all praying for you here this morning. Amen? I have to say, just since I walked through these doors, honestly, just in the intercessory upstairs and and just the worship, the purity in the worship, honestly, just blew me away. The sense of God's presence in this house is powerful. Don't ever take that for granted. And just to even see, you know, all that's going on in Lesotho, did I pronounce it right? now? You know, and just to see the heart that the leaders have, you know, the heart for people, their passion for people, their passion for ministry, for missions, and their passion for you, for the church of Jesus Christ is absolutely so inspiring. So we love these leaders and we love this church. And it's honestly, it's such an honor and a privilege for me to stand here today and bring God's word. Amen. So he's all ready to hear the word of God. So this morning I'm going to be preaching from the Old Testament. It's from the book of Chronicles, and it's on the prayer of Jabez, okay? So if you have your Bibles, if you have uh, phones, apps, or whatever we read our Bibles on today, um, we're going to read it. Now, just before I get into the scripture, okay, I just want to say, so it's in this fourth book of Chronicles. So Chronicles is the Old Testament, and it talks all about the history of Israel, okay? So it's in this book of Chronicles that we come across a man named Jabez. And the first nine chapters of this book, they're all genealogies and they list all the descendants. And they go through, for nine chapters, it goes through over 600 names, okay? And right there, slap bang in the middle of all of those names, God singles out one man for special recognition. And his name is Jabez. You know, there's only two verses mentioned about this man, yet he's given an honorable mention above the other 600 people in that chapter. So you read this and you're saying, what is it? What is it about this man? What was so different about him that God singled him out? Well, let's have a look and see what we can learn about this man, Jabez. Amen? So we're going to read the scripture. So it's 1 Chronicles, and it's chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. So this is what it says. There was a man named Jabez who was more honourable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because of his birth had been so painful. He was the one who cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And I love this bit, and this is the bit we all love. And God granted his request. Amen. Now, when we get into this, you know, and actually, again, just even before I get really into it, you know, I remember when I first got saved, this prayer of Jabez was everywhere. I'm sure some of you will remember. And it was kind of given out as a bit of a a mantra for a, a way for God to answer your prayers. And, you know, and it's a shame that it ended up like that. It nearly became like a prosperity thing, which is a shame because there's so much in this prayer. And who knows that on our journey with God, you know, when God speaks to us, he's always inviting us deeper. He's always calling us deeper. And God has so much more for each and every one of us in this place. You know, we start off, we receive the Spirit of God in our lives, and we receive salvation, but we've been saved for so much more than just that. And when I read Jabez, I'm so inspired because of his hunger and his devotion, and his faith in believing God for great things. And this is what we're going to look at today. So it's not a prosperity teaching at all, but God knows and we know that there's so much in the Word of God, and all of Scripture was used to teach us So I believe God wants to teach us something about his prayer and about this man, more importantly, and the condition of his heart and what it was that brought him to the place where God granted his request. So the first thing it says that he was more honorable than any of his brothers. There was something about him that was different and there was something that separated him from the crowd. And here it is. It says, he was the one that cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me indeed. But there's something about the cry of his heart that God was drawn to. There's a sense of desperation in his cry. And who knows, you know, we know that sometimes it's the cry of a desperate heart that God delights to answer. A heart that's desperate for more of God. We sang it in this place this morning, didn't we? And Marie brought it out, just amazing as well, just to see the prophetic Marie coming out in worship. It's so, it's so needed. But we sang about it, you know, and we talked about, it, we sang about, it, and we said yes and amen to wanting more of God. And it's this desperate cry of Jabez, his heart. That just longs for so much more, a heart that longs for change, a heart that's desperate for more of God, that's not satisfied with mediocrity and longs to see the promises of God become a reality. He was the one who cried out to the God of Israel. And when he cries out to God, there's four things that he asks for. And this is what we're going to go through this morning. Amen. The first thing he calls out, he says, Oh God, that you would bless me indeed. And I love this. I love this about Jabez. He goes straight to the source. You know, blessings can come in many different ways. And they come to many different people. And they come to our pastors, to our family and to our friends. And that's great and it's so important. And we need that. We need the blessings of each other, amen? That's why God places us in a church, because we're community. And we can be there for one another and help one another. And pray for one another, But my goodness, when God blesses you, when you cry out, Oh God, that you would bless me, that you would bless me. Jabez asks the God of all creation to bless him. Oh God, that you would bless me, God. You know, God's blessing goes far beyond any blessing that any man can ever bring. Amen? God's blessing reaches to the very depths of our souls. God's blessing brings peace that surpasses all understanding. Joy that's overflowing. His words bring life, amen. And his love and provision, they know no limits. So this is the God who Jabez cries out to. And you know, he doesn't just ask God to bless him. When you read the scripture, it says that you would bless me indeed. The word indeed is added to the end of it. And that actually means you know, if you say indeed, it's like it's, it's, it means fact or truth. And, you know, it's used to emphasize or agree or confirm with something that's already true. So he says, oh, God, that you would bless me indeed. And the definition of indeed means undeniably certainly and without question so Jabez cries out to the God of Israel to bless him indeed and he's asking for God's blessing to be undeniably evident in his life who here today wants God's blessing to be undeniably evident in their life amen a blessing that is so great and so obvious that nobody could deny that the hand of God was on his life are you loving Jabez already I love Jabez Psalm 31 verse 19 says, Lord, you have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. And you see, that's key. Jabez honored God. You do so much more for those who come to you for protection. Blessing them before the watching world. Blessing them before your friends. Blessing them before your family. This is the God we serve. This is the God of Israel. And this is the God who we should be crying out to God that you would bless me indeed. You know, we know from the scriptures that God wants to bless his people and he enjoys blessing his people. His heart is for us, amen? God's heart is for you here today and he delights to lavish his love upon us. Imagine that, he delights. I mean, think of all the parents here who love to give good gifts to their kids. The God of all creation, there's no limits in him and he delights to lavish his love upon his children. Jeremiah 32 verse 41, God says, and I will enjoy blessing them. Do you know God enjoys blessing you? He enjoys blessing your life. With all of my heart and soul, I will faithfully plant them in this land. God's word is so good. It says that Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. And even at that, you know, there was many different religions and different gods in his time. But Jabez cries to the God of Israel. And in this, he's giving God his rightful place. He's given him the name that is above every other name. You know, he is a man that honors God. And he was devoted to God. He knew where to go with the cry of his heart. And he knew that God and God alone was the source of his greatest blessings. You know, there's depth to Jabez as well. You can hear it in his cry, Oh God, that you would bless me. You know, if you're in a prayer meeting and you hear somebody crying out like that, you know that there's depth to them. And that's so important as well in our lives. There was depth to Jabez prayer and this is what God heard and this is what God's seen and you know the deeper we go with God the broader he will expand the borders of our territories and the different things that he wants to do in our lives you know God wants us to ask him for great things and he doesn't want us to limit him Jabez wasn't afraid to limit God you know God wants us to ask him for great things amen he actually wants us to Jeremiah 33 says call on me The God of Israel is saying to us today, call on me and I will show you great and unsearchable things. God wants us to ask him. Remember Jesus says you don't have because you don't ask. God wants us to ask him. And Ephesians 3, I love this and it's a well-known scripture. God is able to do immeasurably, not just more, immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine according to his power at work in us. Even that in itself, wow. God is so, has so much more for each and every one of us. And church, he wants us to ask for it. He wants us to ask for it. And you know, even in all of this, and I said before, it's a shame the way this prayer was turned out to be a bit of prosperity thing because Jabez wasn't using this prayer as a formula to get something from God. But rather, he was calling upon God to help him accomplish the promises of God. You see, God has promises for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. You know, we say it all the time. You know, and we can say it so casually and so flippantly. Oh, God has a purpose for your life. But God really, genuinely does have a plan and a purpose for every life here. And when we come to him in prayer and when we depend on him and ask him, we're coming to him asking for him to provide everything that he's actually called us to do. For him to equip us for the calling that he's placed on us. So it's not some sort of formula, it's coming into to God's presence and asking him for what he's already promised. He's already got it in store. We just have to ask for it by faith and receive it. And that's the key. So in this just fourth point, the question is, so what are we asking God for right now in our lives? What are you asking God for today? What is it that's on your heart that you're crying out to God for? Do we have faith to believe for great things? Honestly, I love God's word. I love his promises, I love all of that, but I love to be challenged by God's word. Who knows, we all need to be challenged. We can get very comfortable in our walks and we can, you know, just become very mediocre. But really, what are we asking for? What's the number one thing in our heart? Do we have faith to believe for great things? Are we desperate for change, but going to the wrong source? Remember, Jabez knew his source. Do we have faith to believe that no matter how desperate our situation may seem, that God is more than able to intervene? Do we know this? Do we believe this? Or have we resigned ourselves to the fact that nothing will ever change and therefore settled in a place of unbelief? Live in a mediocrity or never experience in the fullness of God? I think it's so sad. God never called us to a life of mediocrity. God never called us to a place to just settle and just, you know, put up with your circumstances. God is always calling us deeper, God is always inviting us into more. This is the God we serve. You know, Psalm 34 says, in my desperation, you know, Jabez cried out to God with just a heart of desperation for more and for change. And Psalm 34 says, in my desperation, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me. He answered me. You know, we serve a God today who hears us. Amen. He knows exactly where each and every one of us are at right now in our walk with him. God knows exactly where we are at and he knows what's on your heart. He knows what concerns you. He knows what you're anxious about. He knows what you're worried about. He knows your fears. He knows your doubts. He knows your concerns. But he's waiting on you to come to him. He's waiting on you to come into his presence. He's waiting on you to get into that prayer closet. And sometimes it's just, God, help me. God, oh God would you, of Israel, would you bless me? Sometimes it's just that. It's not a fancy prayer. This prayer was not fancy. There's two, basically two scriptures in this whole prayer of Jabez. So we don't have to come to God with fancy prayers, amen? God sees our heart. We come to God as we are, but we cry out to him in faith, believing that he wants to answer. You know, the second thing he asks God is to enlarge his territory. There's a few things in this, but in the context of what he's saying, and at this time in Israel, okay? So he's talking about land. Oh God, that you would, you know, um, enlarge. Basically, the amount of land that he has. So he has some, but he wants more. So we see even in Jabez, you know, he's he's ambitious, and he has goals, and he has desires, and he has dreams, and that's okay. It's okay to have goals and dreams and desires as a Christian, okay? Amen? You know, and he he has this. So he has land, but he wants more. I mean, so inspiring to see everything that's gone out in Lesotho, and I'm sure you're delighted with what God is doing, but God knows you want more, because one day one day that vision will come to pass. So, you know, there's so much more. And I, and I love this in, in Jabez. And he's not afraid to ask God. And, you know, he's ambitious, as I said. He has goals and he has dreams. And, you know, and he, he has some land, but he asks God for more. And he gets it. That's the thing. He gets it. And, you know, I love his boldness in asking, don't you? I just love his boldness. Because, you know, sometimes we can we can just be, you know sometimes afraid to ask God or sometimes we're asking out of like selfish motives or you know sometimes we feel that we shouldn't ask or we're being selfish but Jabez remember he's a man of faith and he's a man of prayer so we have to assume that his motives are right amen we have to assume that he's asking for the right reasons and when God's put something on your heart and you're praying for favor in that area if that's of God and if that's in will, if that's in the line with the will of God we should absolutely expect our prayers to be answered. Absolutely, because it's God's will. We can't work anything up. We can't manufacture anything up. It's God's will and it's his will to reveal himself to us and to give us the kingdom. It's God's will. And, you know, sometimes we confuse things. So we see Jabez asking for all these things and, and we see that God answers them. And sometimes we're afraid to ask, aren't we? Sometimes we feel, is it okay to actually ask for that? Or is that very Christian if I ask for that, you know? And sometimes we, could get, we get confused because, you know, we know that Paul, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, you know, we hear the scripture where it says that Paul, you know, he learned to be content in whatever circumstances, you know? So we use that and, and, that's, and that's right in its context. But that doesn't mean that, you know, Paul didn't say, right, that's it now. I'm just going to kick back and put my feet up. Whatever will be, will be. No, it doesn't say that at all. Paul was on a mission for God. And in Philippines, Paul speaks of reaching forth to the things that are before. He pressed on towards the goal. You know, the goal is Christ, isn't it? And it's Christ revealed in us. The goal is reaching and fulfilling the promises of God in our lives. Surely that has to be our goal, to glorify Jesus and to fulfill the plan and the purpose that he has for everyone in this place. And Paul pressed on to the goal. And the goal is to, is to reach our purpose in him and it's to bring as many people along with us as we possibly can. Amen? Amen. And you know, when we don't have this goal, when we don't have this sense of purpose... Or when we don't have something to be pressing towards. You know, we can stop when we we can just stop moving forward. Or when we stop moving forward or having a goal, you know, it can cause us to just become stagnant in our walk, can't it? And it can cause us to just become mediocre and kind of spiritually dead. So it's good to have it's good to know the purpose of God. Do you know the purpose of God in your heart today? Do you know what God has called you for? Do you know that you've been called for so much more? And do you know that God has so much more for you? And you know, in all of this, when he asks God to, you know, enlarge his territory, territory also speaks of his influence. So Jabez is asking God to enlarge his sphere of influence, those who he will have influence over, who he can impact the kingdom of God. So he's asking for more responsibility, more authority. You know, he must have some to some degree, but he wants more. And he's not afraid to step into all that God has for him. He's not afraid, you know, to step into the unknown, into unknown territory. He wants his life to be fully used by God. He's not afraid of the challenge. He's not afraid of the cost. And he doesn't let fear stop him stepping into that. Because sometimes when God asks us to do something, sometimes it's fearful. Sometimes it's a bit, oh, I don't really know about that and what will it cost me or what will I have to do and what if God doesn't pull through for me? What if God doesn't, you know, what if God doesn't turn up? What if i made a stock of? You know, but Jabez wasn't afraid of that. He didn't let fear stop the promises of God in his life. He didn't let fear get in and rob him because fear comes from the enemy. He didn't allow the enemy to get in and rob the things that God wanted to do in his life. And I love this about him. You know, and territory, you know, also, and probably most importantly, it represents our hearts. You know, he's asking God to enlarge his capacity to love others, to enlarge the borders and the boundaries of his own heart, to break down walls, walls that we put up and we push God out and we push people out. And he's asking God to enlarge that, to break it down, to enlarge it. He's asking God to give him just a a passion and a conviction and a love for God and a love for others. You know, we're saved for something greater than ourselves. It's all about other people. He's asking God for a compassion, empathy, a genuine concern for the welfare of others. So in summing this one up in the second thing he prays, so how many of us are asking God more? How many of us have dreams and desires in our heart? Just even raise your hand. If you've got a desire in your heart for something greater than what you're living in right now, raise your hand in this place. If God's given you a promise, raise your hand in this place. That's pretty much 80% of the church. Don't ever let that go. Hold on to that. Claim that. Bring that back to God. Bring his promises back to himself. It's so powerful. When you take that promise, when you take that word and bring it back to God and say, God, you said, you said. It's like if you have a child and the child comes and says, man, you promised us we'd go here. Like any parent, you can't let them down. Tara, have I ever let you down? You can't let them down. If I have. Do you know what I mean? Because you hate breaking a promise to a child, don't you? Well, God is our heavenly father. You know, I just keep it really, really simple. God is our Heavenly Father. And, you know, He absolutely loves us just as much as we love our own kids. God loves us so much more because He is love. Amen? So hold on to those dreams. Hold on to those desires. How many of us are asking God to, you know, enlarge our sphere of influence in our families, our friends? You know, you're an influence wherever you go, either for good or for bad. But you are an influence. You'll always influence others. So how many of us are asking God to, you know, God, let me be, I always prayed for the kids, like, Lord, let them be the greater influence. Don't let them be influenced by the world or the things of the world, Lord. You know, let them be the greatest influence. And God wants that for each one of us. That wherever we go, wherever we go, we carry the presence of Christ with us. So when you go home into a house and nobody else is saved but you, the presence of God is right there. When you go into your workplace, the presence of God is right there. You've got influence. And God, uh, Jabez wants to, he's asking God to expand that, to enlarge that, to enlarge his influence. And you know, he's asking God to enlarge the, the territory of his heart, to, you know, just to give him a, a burden for the lost. Are we asking God to expand our hearts? Are we asking God to give us a burden and a passion for the lost? have we become so settled and so comfortable in our own little territory that even the thought of stepping into anything new scares us? Well, you know, I believe that God has so much more for each and every one of us, but we've got to want it. We sang it earlier and we sing it in worship songs all the time and we say it, but really do we want it? That is the question. And Jabez wanted it, so God gave it to him. The third thing he asks for is that God's hand would be with him. Now, God's hand represents his presence and it represents his power. Jabez recognized the need for God's power to be at work in him and through him look we can't do any of this without God's power we absolutely can't we can't do any we cannot be a Christian without the spirit of God and the power of God living in us we can't it's impossible Jabez knew this he knew who his source was and he knew that God's presence and his power was vital if he was to do anything for God and so he asked for that he asked for that you know, he recognized the needs for God's power, as I said, to be with him and to work through him. And he knew that he could do nothing in and of himself. We can't. We might try and do things, but any work of the flesh, any work of man... You know, it's temporal, it falls to the ground. But the work of the Spirit is eternal. The work of the Spirit is eternal. And you know, the hand of God, it protects, doesn't it? And it provides and it guides. Again, Jabez knew that God was the source of everything he needed. He knew that the God of Israel was the one who would lead him, who would guide him, who would show him the way. And he wants all of it. He wants everything that God has for him. And the question to us is, do we seek God's presence and his power? Or have we become so self-sufficient that we no longer rely on the spirit of God? When we stop looking to God to lead us and to guide us in our lives and start relying on self, that's when we tread on dangerous ground. And that's when we just open up ourselves to all sorts of things. Because we know that apart from God, we really can do nothing. You know, the cry of our hearts should be like Jabez. You know, go directly to the source, not to anybody else. Go to the source. And you know, really the cry of our hearts are, God, you know, if you are not in this, if your presence is not with me, I don't want it. And I don't want to go there. Because we don't want to be in places where God's presence is not there. We want to be carriers of his presence. And we want him to lead us into, and to guide us into all that he has. Because that's where the blessing is. Outside of God's presence, outside of God's protection, There's no blessing there. The blessing is in Him. It's in His presence. It's when we seek Him. It's when His hand of power and protection and blessing covers us. There's such a safety in that. You know, God's put these boundaries in place for us, for us to, you know, live this blessed life and for us to fulfill the call that He has on each and every one of us. The fourth thing and the final thing He says is He asked God to keep Him from harm and to be free from pain. Now, you know, Jabez, poor Jabez, you love him, but listen to what it says. His mother, his mother, the one who was to nurture him, and to mind him, and to look after him, and to cheer him on, his mother called him Jabez, because his birth had been so painful. I mean, seriously, imagine, you know, hello, here's 10 hours of labour, here's the one who nearly killed me, here's this, here's that. Imagine being labelled that. And his mother gave him this name because his birth had been so painful. Now bless her, you don't know her circumstances and you don't know, yeah, I, I, scholars say he was the youngest of all of his brothers, but you don't know the circumstances around his birth. But his poor mother must have had an awful time having him. And, you know, she's letting everybody know because she's like, yeah, him, painful, painful, painful. You know, I mean, God love him. But anyway, it sounds awful, doesn't it? Like his whole life was like a reminder of the pain that he caused his mother. Oh, my goodness, terrible. But anyway, you can imagine how, you can imagine how this would have made him feel. And you can imagine how others would have treated him, like, when you think about it. And, you know, names were so important back then. I mean, we love names now, but back then, names were so important. So, like, you, your name was your identity. And, and you were what your name said you were. So he was painful. I mean, who wanted to hang out with Jabez? Probably nobody. But anyway, he just goes to show you the desperate, you know, cry of his heart. No wonder he was on his knees. Oh God, God of Israel, that you would bless me. No wonder. No wonder. But you know, Jabez cries out to God to be free. To be free from the painful words that were spoken over him. And from the labels that were put on him. He's asking God to remove the limitations placed on him by others. He knew that this wasn't his real identity and that was so important. And he knew that this wasn't who God created him to be. He knew that. He knew that God was the only one who could release him from the pain of these words spoken over him and set him free to be that all that he was created to be. You know, what I love about Jabez is he didn't let the circumstances of his birth determine his future. You know, how many of us were born into pain? Look, we were born under a curse. Because of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, we were born into that. But because of the blood of Jesus on that cross, his blood speaks a better word. So this is what we have today. But I mean, Jabez didn't have that. But I believe even back then, the Holy Spirit was drawing him. Even though he didn't have the Holy Spirit the way we have today, the Holy Spirit was drawing him and calling him and showing him a glimpse of this great God. Showing him a glimpse of who he could be. Showing him a glimpse of the freedom he could have. The liberty he could have. The life he could have. The blessing he could be. And the work that God was going to call him into. I mean, later on, in Chronicles, we read that there's a place called Jabez. And scholars believe that, you know, he became a scribe in Israel. And he discipled multitudes of people. God used his life powerfully. But he didn't let the circumstances of his birth determine his future. And look, we can't either. We all have a past. We all have a past. We cannot let the words that were spoken over us by people determine our future and God, because God has a better way. Amen? God's word, God's blood speaks the better words. And even when you look at this, it just see such a beautiful picture of how God takes all of our brokenness, and restores us to wholeness. And even in all of Jabez and the prayer and everything else, that's what jumps out for me. That's what jumps out for me, how God can take a life that was so broken. A life that was so painful. I mean, we don't know what age he was when this happened. He could have been 30 for all we know. All of those years, pain and suffering. And you know what else I was thinking? I don't believe that this is the first time he ever cried out to the gods of Israel. I believe he pressed in, he pressed in, he saw God. Because God, seeing him, he singles him out, remember at the beginning I said? There's nine chapters of different genealogies and descendants in all of the history of Israel. And God points him out. This is the one. This is the one. That doesn't come after one cry. God's seen his life. God's seen the sacrifice. God's seen the times when he could could have been out doing what everybody else was doing, but he didn't. He pulled himself away. He got on his knees and he prayed. He studied the word. And it's the same for you and I here today. God sees the sacrifice. God sees the pain you went through. God sees the names and the labels that were put over you. And God also sees when you're not out doing what everybody else is doing. God sees that you have a heart, you're struggling, we all struggle, but he knows that you have a heart to live for him. And he knows and he sees when you make the sacrifice and get into that prayer closet and come to your Bible study and come to church and you're not out living like the rest of the world, God sees that. He sees it all and he blesses it, it's precious to him. It's absolutely precious to him. You're never alone in this walk. Absolutely never. Young people, especially when you think all your friends are out having a great time and you're in a youth group or you're at your home, God sees that. It's precious. And that's what he rewards. That's what he honors. And this is why I believe he honored Jabez. And this is why he answered the prayer of Jabez. So, have you had labels or negative words spoken over you? Yes, we all have. Do you feel limited by your own shortcomings? Yes, probably all do. Has something in your past stopped you moving into the calling that you know God has placed over your life? First of all, do you know that God has a calling on your life? So many people actually don't. Who in this place knows that God has a calling, really knows that God has a calling on their lives? Okay, there's some hands I don't see raised, but let me tell you, God has got a calling. And don't let anybody tell you that he hasn't. Don't give in to the fear of the lies of the the enemy that tells you you're not going to mount to anything, that you'll never achieve that, that you'll never become that. We all battle with that stuff. Every single one of us, if we're real, we do. We all battle with it, but no, God is the God of promise and when god says something he brings it to pass and if god says he called you for a higher purpose then you better believe he's called you for a higher purpose all we need to do is submit to him and say god please would you bless me and devote ourselves to him this is all he asks he's actually done it all for us now remember this is old testament We're in New Testament. We have Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross to pay the price for our sin, who's given us his spirit, who's made us born again and taken us from darkness and brought us into light. This is who we have. This is who we know. We've tasted and seen that God is good. We know that God has so much more. Amen? Amen? You know, I love that, as I said earlier, he just wasn't going to let the circumstances of his birth determine his future. And, you know, God created us in his image, and he created us for so much more. And, you know, we're beautiful in God's sight. Amen? You're beautiful here this morning. God loves you, and you're beautiful in his sight. And his desire is that we would know our identity in him. You know, that we would serve him and fulfill the great plan and purpose that he has for each and every one of us. You know, this is his desire. This is what he wants to do. You know, God has the power to break every chain that binds us so we can be free to be all that he calls us to be. God has the power to break every chain. We can try ourselves to break things in our lives. We can put in disciplines, and disciplines are good, but God has the power to break every chain that binds us. Amen. And Jabez knew this. So, I don't know, maybe if the worship team will come back up, or I'm just going to sum this up do you do that? Sorry, just assume when the worship team come up. Um, So I just want to sum it up. So I hope, um, I know God is here. We don't have to ask for God to be here. We are the church of Jesus Christ, amen? We are the church, we know God is here. We are temples of the Holy Spirit and we know that God dwells in us and we know that God is in this place. And we sang that beautiful song earlier, I'd never heard it before but it was along the lines of, you know, when you walk in a room how things change, how things break and fall off, and such a beautiful song. Well, Jesus is walking around this room, his Holy Spirit is in this place. You know, never come to church just casual or, you know, and we do at times, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I always pray, God, you know, let us be expectant for you to move. Because where God's presence is, his power is. There's power in the presence of God, and there's power in the Word of God. And where God is, where his presence is, nothing is impossible. And you know, when I look at Jabez, I see a man that was devoted to God. You see his devotion, you hear his devotion and his cry. He was devoted to God. I see a man who persevered through much pain and much suffering, but he persevered nonetheless. He didn't give up. I see a man who honored God and God honored him. You know, honor brings honor. If you honor God, he will honor you. I see a man full of faith. Full of faith. He wanted a better future. And he believed God for it. You know, Jesus says, when I come back, will I find people of faith? You know, our faith is so precious to God. And it's one thing you can be guaranteed that the enemy wants to steal from you. It's your faith because without faith it's impossible to please God without faith we're never going to lay hold of the promises of God it's impossible scripture says it's impossible but you know all we need is faith the size of a mustard seed that's it we don't have to have any more than that that's enough who in this place has faith the size of a mustard seed come on every hand I know everybody in this place has at least the size of a mustard seed I know you have he was full of faith he wanted a better future and believed God for it And I also see a man of humility. He knew his need for God was great. And apart from him, he can do nothing. So in all of this, and in looking at the heart of Jabez, and the man that he was, and how he lived his life, and how he honoured God, and how he was devoted to God, and how he was full of faith, and how he persevered through probably years of just pain and suffering and through it all he honors God and what does God do? God grants his every request